Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Good morning. The words of Keyshawn Johnson five seconds ago. It's ridiculous every time you see it, or in this case, hear it. A miracle. Hail Mary to win it for the Cardinals. I'm, I'm happy for the Cardinals, and I obviously I love DeAndre Hopkins, and I'm happy for him that he made a big-time play to just show the Texans, which they know what they're missing, but also Bill O'Brien that that was the dumbest move anybody could have ever made trading that guy away. But you don't jump away from the football if you're the defender. You jump up. You can't jump backwards. And in the littlest thing, jumping backwards will cause you. Plus, you jam that dude at the line of scrimmage. You don't give him free access to just run down the field like it's nothing. But he'd even add on to it. Poyer, who's coming in from the weak side, who's not paying attention, literally on an angle, is coming like a speeding bullet. You see Tredavious White jumping straight up to bat the ball down. Poyer runs into him, knocks him out of the picture to a degree, and that's when DeAndre Hopkins comes down with the ball. Well, the first thing you taught, because I've been in that position, not both on the offense and the defensive side, where we've actually put me in the secondary late in games to be able to be one of the jumpers. You bat the ball down, and you take the receiver out. I'm batting the ball down. Zubin, you're taking the receiver out, and then you're there, Jay Will, just in case it's a deflection. That is kind of what you're supposed to do. You go over this stuff every single week over and over and over. Like, you do this, you, you go into the Hail Mary situation every single week. You practice this on Saturdays. You, there's a jumper. There's a guy waiting there for the deflection, and there's a guy to attack the wide receiver. Nobody even bothered to attack DeAndre Hopkins. It was like they sat there like, wow, man, we can ready to get our head dunked on. We don't want to be posterized, but guess what? You're now going on somebody's poster with Jordan gloves, high. Mm-hmm. Michael Jordan and, and Jordan Brown, they're getting ready to make something out of that. Oh, it must you have get, been the gloves. Yeah, you're getting, ready to, <laughs> you're getting ready to see a commercial running and all sorts of stuff. And here's the thing, too. I, I hate this for Bills fans and the Bills team because if you're Coach McDermott, you're, you're, you're sick. After this one. Knock it down. For, for the fact that the play that you just drove on with Josh Allen, you threw a beautiful pass to Stephon Diggs, and that should have been the touchdown that cemented your lead for a game like that. And you lose the game in that fashion, and this is the only thing being spoken about the next day? You you take you 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 run and Lewis Riddick will be joining us here in a minute and Lou played defensive back and we certainly could have had a conversation with him. But you just knock it down or you run through DeAndre Hopkins. Because otherwise, what happened is going to happen to you because of who he is. He's that type of player. No question about it. Coming up this morning for the rest of the hour on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line, we are just seven minutes away from the one and only. The great Stephen A. Smith will join us at 910. And then Lou Riddick from Monday Night Football, as Key said, coming up at 930 Eastern. So Kyler Murray gets a ton of credit. He played in his 25th game yesterday only. He's one of only three guys in the history of the league with 35 passing touchdowns and 10 rushing touchdowns in those first 25 games. The other two, Dak and Dante, as in Culpepper. Stats Incredible is brought to you by My Computer Career Training for a Better Life. We're asking you this morning on the Dr. Pepper call-in line, simple. Who's the one QB in the NFC you do not want to face in the playoffs? Hit us up, 888-SAY-ESPN, with Stephen A. six minutes away. Key J and Z on Twitter if it's easier for you. EJ in San Antonio, you're on ESPN Radio. The guy you don't want to see when it counts the most is? Hey, man, it's got to be, you know what I mean, Wilson, Russell Wilson. I mean, I want to say Kyler Murray, but he's too young and never had any playoff experience. 
Russell Wilson, you don't have a game plan for this guy. You got a game plan for Drew Brees. You have a game plan for Brady. But there is no game plan, really, for Russell Wilson. And that's the guy that's beat Tom Brady twice, but once on paper. But we all know who won that that Super Bowl. (laughs) And uh, that's what I fear. Referencing the Malcolm I, Butler pick at the goal line, obviously. I, I, I like the Russell Wilson pick. Look, Another can, one that I get mad at. Mm-hmm. Turn around and hand the damn ball to Marshawn Lynch, man, oh. and go home with a trophy. Back-to-back trophies it would have been. That don't make no sense. But I hear what he's saying about Russell Wilson. He can make a lot of plays happen. Look, he can keep your keep your team in ball games. He can also throw your team out of ball games. We saw him do last night to a degree. Well, right? he just he's got he's had a bad streak here the last couple of weeks. Other than that, I'm Russell. He, he's had ten turnovers in his past put, four games. But I also put a lot of that ounce key on the fact that he's had to be everything for this team all the time. He has to score 25, 30 points a night in order for them to win ball games. They're not winning it on their defense. Well, the defense has struggled. There's no question about it. But exactly. I'm not I, – I would trust Russell Wilson in the playoffs for sure. There's no question about it. I don't think – I think he'll get it done. I, I just – you know, when you, when you play against your division opponents like the Rams, a team that has basically had your number – you guys split every single year, it feels like to me. Um, so I'm not really worried about Russell Wilson. I'm not worried about them. What I like to see, though, is I like to see a young receiver like D.K. Metcalf take a ne- take the next step mm-hmm. in these sort of situations. It's time to take the next step. Uh, you know, you had a nice four-game, five-game run, and yeah. everybody started talking about you. Now it's time to take the next step and become that player that everybody thought that you were. Can we, I just want to add, Key, because when you said that the other day about the Rams owning the Seahawks, I did a little research. I'm like, oh, okay, so Seattle has won two squeakers by a combined seven points yeah. against the Rams in their last six games, and the Rams have won four of the last six by a combined 66 points coming into that game last yeah, night. Yeah, I mean, that's, so they've had their number for they, sure. They kind of know know them a little bit, <laughs> more than a little bit. Division. No doubt about it. Laverne in Chicago should be Milwaukee. If you're I was about to say, where's Did Laverne call in the last show? Yes. This can't be first time, long time. This is second time in a short time. Laverne in Chicago. You've been on the air Milwaukee. three months, man. <laughs> the, the question is, who's the one QB in the NFC you don't want to face in the playoffs? But since Laverne is uh, part of the crew now, Laverne, you're allowed to flip the question. What do you want to ask? Guys, uh, I, I misunderstood the question, actually, but this is what I'm thinking about. Uh, Russell Wilson and then Kyler Murray. Those are the two guys you don't want to face. Nobody wants to face these guys in the playoffs. And uh, after last night, for sure, Kyler Murray. That's the last team the Rams want to see. They don't want to see that because their defense can't stand up to that. Laverne, are you sure you don't want to put Mitch Trubisky or Nick Foles in this conversation, your Chicago team? Man, you know what? Trubisky is out of the game. He's done. I don't think anybody's going to pick up any contracts on him. I I hate to say it, but that was – along with Bill O'Brien's uh, trading of um, DeAndre, my homeboy from South Carolina, Trubisky is the worst pick ever in football, I think. And, uh, uh, Laverne, you quickly called to say you want to talk about the quarterback you fear the least. Give us a little, uh, give us a little humor on the way out the door here. Hey. The only humor I can give you is, uh, Keyshawn, you need to come back to football. That's it. And do what? <laughs> and um, coach, man. Man, I'm coach. good. I'm, I'm, I'm straight. I like my health, and I'm, I'm good. 
All right, no, Laverne, not. thank you very much. Laverne actually initially called in to say to say uh, Jameis Winston was the quarterback he would trust the least. Well, because, oh. he, not the he, most. because he misunderstood the question. Indeed. But coaching? I'm not, why would I do that? Damon in Memphis, please tell me you understand the question. It seems simple. Who's the one quarterback Nine in the NFC you don't want to face in the playoffs? Help me here. I don't want to see Aaron Rodgers. I mean, as, as Stephen A. will say, he's a bad, bad man. And I think <laughs> Uh, this year he got a, he has a chip on his shoulder. He has something to prove. And I think his window is, is kind of closing in with the competition uh, that is uh, coming in the NFC. So I'm, I'm going with Aaron Rodgers. Damon, thank you, by the way. That bad man, Stephen A., will be here in just about a minute or so. What do you think about Damon going with A-Rod here? That's a good one. I mean, it's, it, it, with, it, with Devontae Adams healthy, I certainly would like to see Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers took him to the NFC Championship game last year. Uh, and in basically did it not having a whole lot of offensive weapons to help him out. So he's a guy, you know, all, look, all these quarterbacks, the Russells, the, the breezes, the, the, the Brady's, the Aaron Rodgers, any of those guys you didn't don't really want to see Kyler Murray is still young. So you, it's yeah. Last night, the big throw 50 yard strike De- Deandre Hopkins you know, yeah, that's cool. Running around, doing those sort of things. But the level rises in the postseason. It goes from the preseason to the regular season to the end of the regular season into the playoffs. And that thing just goes like this, Zubin. And it's, get, it's, it's, it's more stress. It's faster. I mean, it's just it's a different level. And Kyler Murray has yet to see that. That's one of the reasons that young quarterbacks in the playoffs, they tend to struggle. Kyler Murray does remind. It's a little bit of that Luka Doncic feel I have when I watch him play, just like that excitement that he has that he brings to the game. Now I know you say you don't like the air raid system, no, I don't like but the having the weapons that he does, having the quickness that he's able to get into. I mean, man, just watching him play, you always feel like you're on the edge of your seat whenever you watch Kyler Murray play thus far. Because it's fun. There's, it, it's 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 fun to watch. There's no question about it. But you don't run the ball enough. Look, like, you got to trust me on this one, though, Jay. I'm listening to you. When you get outside of that dome and you got to run the ball, you can't just throw the ball all over the lot. Even if it's five-yard passes that you want to try to claim is a substitute for running. The wind gets to swirling. You saw what happened last night up in Foxborough. Mm-hmm. You, you got to be able to run the football. You have to be able to run it. Keyshawn Jabel Zubin brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Again, all of our guests on the Shell Pennzoil performance line, including Lou Riddick, to talk Monday Night Football in 19 minutes. We're going to talk to Stephen A. Smith in one minute. But before Stephen A., let's get to a little A to Z for you. South Beach, South Street. We're going to start with Magnolia Lane and the legendary Washington Road there leading in to the Masters in Augusta with Justin Johnson winning 20 under par, lowest score ever at the Masters. He carded a pair of 65s, four bogeys in four days. The stats were just amazing. When you take a look at everything he did on Sunday, he had a one-stroke lead but played the back nine at three under, giving him a five-stroke win, the largest margin of victory since Tiger won by a dozen strokes in 1997. And it only seemed appropriate that Tiger, the defending champion, put the green jacket on Dustin Johnson and his caddy, his brother, Austin. What a moment. Here's Dustin Johnson on the greatest moment of his professional career. As a kid, you know, dream of playing in the Masters and you know, dream about putting on a green jacket. 
still kind of think it's a dream, but hopefully, hopefully it's not. I've had the lead a couple times and haven't been able to finish it off. And so it is very nice to have a lead and then play well on Sunday and, and get the win. Yeah, I couldn't be couldn't be more happy and think I look pretty good in green too. <laughs> Dress for success, I bet you do. He's had a dark past. He's overcome a ton of personal adversity. I'm so happy to see this. Jay, what was your reaction to the win? I was just happy for him. You know, look, I, <laughs> the guy has won a tournament every single year. I think for the last, what was it? Was 14. It 14. 14. 14 years. Remarkable. 14, year, 14 years. Do you know how hard that is to do? And the way he dominated. <laughs> Were you laughing? Because I don't. You don't. <laughs> I mean, just look. I mean, golf is one of those games. I, I played a ton uh, to, to master that sport, to be at the level he's at right now with the way he dominated the Masters. I give him the utmost respect. And by the way, the next Masters, five months away from now, we'll see him get a chance to do it again. Indeed, we will. Tiger blew up on Sunday, just in case you're wondering. Nowhere in contention. Had a disaster. Weather was wrong. I mean, he had to play a lot of... A lot of holes, 26 right. holes, I think, the next day. Yep. 50 degrees, different weather. And the 10. Exactly. <laughs> we got to throw agreed. the 10 out. <laughs> Lastly, the Miami Marlins have hired Kim Ng as Major League Baseball's first female general manager. This story actually broke on Friday, but it's actually so big, and we're not with you on the weekend. We've got to acknowledge this amazing achievement. That's what's She's up. first female general manager. She's first Asian-American female general manager. She's paid her dues 30 years in baseball with the Yankees, where she was together with Derek Jeter, who obviously is calling the shots in Miami. She was with Keys Dodgers and worked with Major League Baseball as well. Tremendous achievement here. And for a sport, like many of the pro sports we talk about on this show each and every day, there's been talk about breaking the glass ceiling. And this one, it's not talk, it's action. No, it, it, this is a, a thing of beauty, man, to be able to just see uh, Kim become the first general manager of Major League Sport in general. It's just like, mm-hmm. as a female, it's just like crazy, groundbreaking, right? Like, that's big time. That's what it's all about. It's in, in, for 30 years, she's been in and around the game, and this opportunity has come up. Derek Jeter got it right. She's ready for her moment, and you would hope to think that maybe this is just the start of the influx of more women in any administrative role in Major League so Baseball. So cool. That's real cool. Congratulations to Kim Ng. Wow. What a moment. Speaking of a wow moment, what in the world is going on with the Houston Rockets? James and Russ are not happy. Tillman Fatita is really dropping the ball right now. If you can get the fall for James Harden, you do it. Daryl Morey's gone, and D'Antoni's gone, and the players on the Rockets, the best players, Harden and Westbrook are like, well, what's going on? Those last two voices you heard, you could, of course, hear every weekday morning on ESPN. First take, Stephen A. Smith, Max Kellerman, both weighing in on what's going on with the Houston Rockets. And it's a pleasure to have Stephen A. join us this morning before he hits the first take set in 44 minutes, not too far from where the three of us are sitting. Good morning, Stephen A. What up, (laughs) S.A.? What's going on, fellas? How y'all doing? Good morning. Good morning. How y'all doing? Good. Excellent. Thank you, Stephen A. Woj reported this morning on SportsCenter the possibility of James Harden making his way to the Brooklyn Nets, which obviously would reunite him with Kevin Durant. You throw Kyrie Irving into the mix. What do you make of that even being a possibility? Well, I think it's a possibility. How how big of a possibility it is remains to be seen. Uh, because if you are if you're the Brooklyn Nets, obviously with James Harden making over thirty eight million dollars, uh, you've got to sit you and being old about one hundred and thirty two point 
$9 million over the next three years, um, you, you've got to move some part. Uh, Karis LeBert would have to be gone. Or Spencer Dinwiddie would have to be gone. Probably multiple picks would come along with it. And if you're the Brooklyn Nets, you have to ask yourself this question. Without James Harden, where are we right now? I think they could easily be deemed the favorites to come out of the Eastern Conference right now without James Harden. With James Harden, they'd obviously, I think that you could have a debate between them and the Lakers as to be the favorites to win it all. Uh, but really, if you're the Brooklyn Nets, I still think that you're looking at a trip to the NBA Finals with the roster that you currently have if KD and Kyrie give you what they're supposed to give you. And so you've got to make a decision if you're Brooklyn because in the case of Tillman Fatida in Houston, you're looking at a guy in James Harden that's averaged at least 29 over the last four years, over 32 over the last three years, over 30 actually, over the last three years. He's one of the prolific scorers this game has ever seen. He's just a magician on the offensive side of the ball. And, you know, he's been in the league for 11 years, about 32 years of age. Even though that's the case, you still can ask for the farm for him. So you're not going to accept peanuts for him. Um, and somebody's got to be willing to put together a deal that will enable you to get strong compensation for his services. Not as much may be required to get Jay, uh, Russell Westbrook, who is a star, but nevertheless, he's not James Harden. And uh, either way you slice it, Houston definitely is in the throes of a remake, a retool right now. S.A., let me ask you this. You, you follow a lot of basketball. We talk intricacy basketball all day, every day. That's all you and I do. How many players in your time have you seen bounce back to a superstar level after they've torn their Achilles? Well, really nobody, to so be that, quite honest. That's my question for you. Well, Doesn't it make sense if you're Sean Marks to go in as hard as possible on a guy like James Harden, knowing that you hope KD can be great, but you still don't know how he's going to come off that? It does, it does make sense, no question. That's a strong point on your part, obviously, but I will tell you this. I'm not concerned about KD at all. I think KD is on average a minimum of 25 a game. When you're 6'11", you got a 7'6 wingspan with ball handling skills, and you're a sniper, a a long-range sniper, then I'm not concerned about you. Now, if you were Russell Westbrook, if you were a Derrick Rose, if you were somebody who relied, whose success was strongly predicated on your athleticism, um, that would be a different ball game. But think about this. Even with even devoid of the athleticism we're accustomed to seeing from him, at six eleven with a seven six wingspan and the ability to pull up from thirty, he's still going to be able to get his shot off on most occasions. And as a result, because he is KD, I believe he can average twenty five a game in his sleep. But there's no denying that your argument is profound from the standpoint that because he's coming off of an Achilles, even though it's been a year and a half now, um, it's one of those situations where you look at him and you say, okay, if you're Sean Marks, you want to go all in, go all in. To deliver a championship to Brooklyn, New York, uh, that would be tremendous. So I, I don't disagree with you there. Stephen A. Smith, the king of first take, joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Stephen A., you there, my man? I'm right oh, here, bro. Okay, it, it, got, it got real silent, so I wasn't for sure. No, I was, I was just wanting to tell you. I mean, I didn't want to interrupt you. Actually, I wanted to get on your show because I don't understand that when y'all are playing sounds involving the sport of basketball, why Max Kellerman's voice would even be in there. But that's a different <laughs> okay, Go ahead. Oh, that's cold. I, I, hey, from here on out, from here on out, right. it won't be on anymore. You, well, yeah. thank you. No, I got you. I got, I got it taken is. care of. Right. Now, that we've moved, now that we've moved Harden on and we've gotten rid of him to Brooklyn, what are we going to do with Westbrook? Where is he going? 
Well, it, it, that remains to be seen. That's a hard sell, man, because you got a lot of teams that should want him. Uh, he definitely would be box office, but I don't know if he's the ingredient to a championship because of his inability to shoot the ball from three-point range. When you're going against uh, Damian Lillard, when you're going against Steph Curry, you're just not going to beat those guys. If you can't put the ball in the hole long from long range, it's not going to cut it come playoff time. We know that Russell Westbrook can average 25 to 30 a game. We know he's unstoppable one-on-one. He can get to the rim at his discretion. He's obviously the most volatile competitor you can find in the NBA. He gives you 100, 100% all the time and, and ain't nothing but respect for him in that regard but shooting the three is an Achilles heel from him and come playoff time when teams are getting back you guys know this especially you Jay you're going to get back on defense you're not going to be able to play in the open court to the degree that you can do in a regular season and if that's the case that turns you into a half-court player and as a result of being a half-court player if you are not a threat from three-point range you are an Achilles heel to your team. But by the way, I'm glad you brought up Russell Westbrook because he and I spoke the other day, um, and I, I just want to tell you, he emphasized his relationship with James Harden. He went on Twitter and expressed this as well. His relationship with James Harden is tight. They don't have a problem in terms of their brotherhood, their relationship. Uh, mm-hmm. but that's all he said. But from everything that I heard outside of that, like I told him, I never said you had a bad relationship with James Harden. I said you guys don't necessarily want to play together. No, and I, I left it at that. No, I get it. Let's stay out west in my Lakers, man. I think we might get Dennis Schroeder, right? Is you that, got is Dennis that, yes. is that yes. what yes. we're hearing? Yes. It should be confirmed today, yes. So what's that going to do for us? Well, first of all, I think that he definitely gives you more on the offensive side of the ball that Rondo could ever give you. He just finished averaging 18.9 points a game, if I remember correctly, this past season. He can put the ball in the hole. He's a better shooter from three-point range, a better long-range shooter. He doesn't run the point position the way Rondo does. He does not play defense as well as Rondo. Those con- those two things obviously could be a hindrance, but you do have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. In the end, I think it's important to have somebody who's a bona fide shooter from that position because that opens the floor up for their offense, KCP, assuming he's retained uh, because we're expecting him to opt out and look for a longer-term deal. Danny Green is now gone. We know he struggled his one year in L.A. You need perimeter shooting. we got to see what's going to happen if Avery Bradley is going to elect to stay on board as well because those are things, those are all question marks that you got to pay attention to. But in the end, you are getting more of an offensive threat from Dennis Schrader. And on the defensive side of the ball, even though there's a drop-off, uh, it's not that significant to the point where you don't do this deal. I like this deal for the Los Angeles Lakers. I think it makes them better, um, and we'll see what happens. But we also have to see where it makes them end up. Like Rondo might end up going to the Clippers because Kawhi Leonard desperately wants a point guard that sees the floor. Everybody knows Patrick Beverly can play defense, and he's an energizer bunny. But in terms of actually being an extension, an umbilical cord to the coach running that offense, you need somebody like Rondo in there. We'll see if the Clippers get their hands on somebody like him uh, or CP3. If they do that, things could change for the Clippers as well. But right now, I would say it's a good move for the Lakers, and it, it leaves them as the favorite. That, that'll that be interesting because Patrick Beverly and, and Rondo, you know, they got a little yeah, history there. Yeah, that'll be fun. It'll be for sure. Tongue planted firmly in cheek here, Stephen A. We can take Max out of our radio show, but uh, you're going to have to deal with him in 37 minutes on TV. So just warning you there. Look no, no, actually, actually. actually 
Actually, you're wrong, Zubin. He <laughs> has to deal with you're me. in L.A. He has to deal with me. He has to deal with me. <laughs> it's the other way around. Remember that. <laughs> Enjoy that good weather out there in L.A. I say. You know? No, no, I'm back. I'm back. Oh, I'm you're back now. You're back now. Okay. We, only, we give right. him a pass to visit every few days. That's I, it. I know he, what he's he doing out there. Relaxing. Just a couple Eighty degree weather. We'll see him with Max, Stephen A. and Max in that order at the top of the hour on ESPN. Stephen A., thank you so much. I think he hung up. He hung up. That's what you know. He done. Like, I'm already off to the next segment. He's ready to go. Still to come, will a big, big move by the Chicago Bears yield a big win for them on Monday Night Football? That is next on Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Dalvin Cook has played some great, great football here the last couple of weeks for the Minnesota Vikings who suddenly find themselves right back in it to a degree. But the real focus this morning isn't Dalvin Cook and the Vikings offense. It's what's going on with the Bears offense. And for more on that, it's a pleasure to be welcomed into the program. Lewis Riddick, ESPN's Monday Night Football analyst. Tonight, it'll be the Vikings and the Bears. Again, Lou, Steve Levy, Brian Greasy, Lisa Salters on the call tonight. This morning, Lou, I want to ask you, Matt Nagy, uh, I think a couple of days ago, officially gave up his play-calling duties to Bill Lazor. So uh, take us inside what that exactly means and what, how it will play out for the Bears tonight. Yeah, what it means is he's going to st- step back be the CEO of the team, you know, in actuality now on game day and kind of oversee all three phases and just let Bill Lazor do his thing and see if Bill's play calling rhythm, play calling timing is something that provides a spark for this football team in certain situations, in certain critical situations, in particular third down red area, two minute for the half, two minute end of the game. And and just, you know, it's it's an opportunity for Matt to learn and oversee the rest of the football team. And again, see if there was something that he wasn't doing that maybe Billy could have just a different instinctive feel for. It'll still be the Bears offense. They're not going to change everything around. They didn't even have time to do that. Um, So you'll still still see a lot of the same plays. It's just going to be, are they going to be called in a different sequence? And does it add up to you know, them being more productive because right now they can't get much worse. Lewis Riddick joins us for the Monday Night Football Preview brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Sweet Lou, we've been talking all morning long about Baker Mayfield and the Browns and the decision to take Baker with the first pick overall. What if 
Baker would have gone to the Cleveland Browns for or down, would that narrative on Baker Mayfield be different? Yeah, I mean, you you know, I heard you talking about it this morning. Look, the, the responsibility and the expectation that comes along with being the first overall pick are just much different than any other pick in the draft. So if he had if he had been taken, you know, somewhere, you know, five or later, say in, you know, 10, 15 area, you, he wouldn't be getting the same kind of scrutiny that he is now, especially considering the fact that their offense has transformed into a very, very, very run-centric type of team. I mean, they are basically, in Cleveland, exactly what you're going to see on Monday Night Football tonight out of the Minnesota Vikings. It's the same philosophy. This is where Kevin Stefanski comes from, the new Cleveland Browns head coach now. And they're a team that would be be very comfortable being 55, 56% run, you know, to 45% pass, which is not why, you know, people go, well, well, why the hell did you draft a quarterback first overall then if you're going to have that kind of run pass balance? But, I mean, yeah, I mean, this is, this is what he's going to face the rest of his career. And until he answers the question of whether or not when they can't run the football, because at some point in time somebody's going to slow Cleveland down. I mean, it's already happened. It's already happened where teams take them out of their normal game plan and then they put it on Baker and he's shown that he can't answer the bell on a consistent basis. Until they show that he until he shows that he can, he's gonna be the he's gonna be the topic of discussion on Monday uh morning sports shows for the foreseeable future. Clearly you know that they didn't draft him number one overall. It was a different regime. With that being said though, Lou, based on the yeah. style, much like you mentioned in Minnesota, you're asking the quarterback to drive the bus and not actually create it. What happens long term with his contract situation as we approach it? Yeah, I, I think it's it's going to be one where, as you know, Keyshawn, as long as he's not, as long as they're not having to win in spite of him, I think the long term is they will still keep him. It won't be a record breaking contract when his, you know, when he plays through that fifth year option, and or if they extend him before the fifth-year option actually kicks in. It won't be that kind of contract. It'll be a contract that pays him well because they feel as though he is a guy who can steward the ship, who can keep things on schedule, who, they again, they don't have to win in spite of. And that's half the battle in the NFL as far as filling, the, filling out the quarterback position. Just mm. get competent quarterback play, and you can, you can win nine, ten games, challenge for division titles, and get into the playoffs, which is what a lot of teams wish they could do or only dream they could do. Lou, let's talk about a competent quarterback. Russell Wilson has had 10 turnovers in his last four games. Unfortunately, they've had a 1-3 record during that period. What's going on out west in Seattle with Russell? Yeah, I mean, he's – Russ knows that their fortunes rest on him. When you have a historically bad defense, which is just mind-blowing to me, considering what, you know, what their DNA has been, what their history has been under Pete, and with Ken Norton being there in the past, too. It's mind-blowing to me that they are that bad defensively. So Russell knows that. He sees that. He knows that every play for him has to be one where – or every, every drive for them has to be one that ends in points, preferably seven rather than three. And so he's taking chances and doing things that um, he wouldn't have to do if they could really play true complementary football like they, like they were when they were winning Super Bowl titles and or challenging for them. And, I mean, that, that's just – I mean, as a competitor, I mean, it'd be no different for you, Jay Will, when you're playing basketball and you know that, look, every bucket you make has to, I mean, every every shot you take has to count. It needs to go in. Nine out of ten times, you know, seven out of ten times it has to go in. You just start taking bad shots and making bad decisions that you otherwise wouldn't take if your supporting cast was better around you. And I think that's just what's happening to him. And even in spite of that, 
he's still a guy who is going to be right in the thick of the MVP race because he's having a special, special season along with DK and Tyler Lockett. So, I mean, it's just a victim. He's a victim of circumstance, and they're going to have to do some work in this offseason to get him some more help because I just think the defense isn't good enough for them to, to get to where they want to get to. Lewis Riddick, ESPN Monday Night Football analyst, joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Lou, talk about the Saints here for a minute. Drew Brees, what happens if he misses a significant amount of time? What do you do at the quarterback spot between Taysom Hill and uh, (laughs) Jameis Winston? Winston? Yeah, yeah. You know, this is one where, you know, Sean's going to – we're going to find out whether or not Sean was just talking when he says he believes that Taysom Hill is a – is a true starting quarterback that you can win with in the NFL, or if, or if he was just kind of trying to sell people, you know, a bill of goods, so to speak, in order to inflate Taysom's value in the event that he wanted to move him down the road and trade him somewhere. Because he has said to me personally, and I've asked him numerous different, different times, do you really believe he's a guy who can start and win playing quarterback? Not playing the slash position, but playing quarterback. And he said, I, I wouldn't sit here and lie to you. This, this is what I, I believe he can. Now, we'll see. We'll see if that's what he turns to, or at this point, because they're in the middle of the season, and because of all the different things that Taysom does in practice to get ready for the role he's in now, that they actually turn to Jameis and let him do it and keep Taysom in the same role he is. Because I, I have a feeling that's what that's what's going to happen, and Sean will explain it as being, well, look, this is how we've had things set up all year. I don't want to break the rhythm. I want to keep Taysom in the role he is. We'll reevaluate next year. I have a feeling that's what they're going to do. So I think Jameis would be under center in the event that Drew couldn't play. Indeed, and that's what we saw in the second half yesterday when he attempted 10 passes, completed six for about 63 yards after Drew couldn't come back out for the second half. Lou, we'll look forward to you, Steve, Brian, and Lisa on Monday Night Football tonight. Huge spot for the quote-unquote new-look Chicago Bears. Lou, thanks. You bet. Thank you. The Monday Night Football Preview brought to you by Progressive Insurance drivers who save with Progressive save over $750 on average. Still to come, there has been some talk about a possible James Harden trade. If and when that happens... For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Where does that leave Russell Westbrook? Jay's got some thoughts on that next You brought up Russell Westbrook. He and I spoke the other day, um, and I I just want to tell you, he emphasized his relationship with James Harden. He went on Twitter and expressed this as well. His relationship with James Harden is tight. They don't have a problem in terms of their brotherhood, their relationship. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's all he said. But from everything that I heard outside of that, like I told him, I never said you had a bad relationship with James Harden. I said you guys don't necessarily want to play together. 
You know that guy's voice. That was Stephen A. Smith. He joined us earlier in the hour, and Jay essentially asked him what he thought about Russell Westbrook, knowing that James Harden possibly could be on the block, and if that is the case, what happens to Westbrook? And that was Stephen A.'s response straight from the source. He said he spoke to Russ himself. Very interesting. We're back. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. And Jay, you'll be there drafting a couple days, free agency a couple days after that. The season a little more than a month away after that. So what are your thoughts on Westbrook at the yeah, moment? So I, I don't see Russell Westbrook staying in Houston. Uh, I, if, I've seen Russell Westbrook more so coming to the East. Think about some of the teams in the West. It just wouldn't be a fit. I mean, could you see him on the Lakers? Not really sure because LeBron always wants to be surrounded by shooting. Um, you know, plus they're able to get Dennis Schroeder, which I thought was a great move. Don't really see them being in with Golden State. Not so much with the Clippers. I think CP3 probably has an advantage there. They need more or depth. Rondo. Yeah, but they need more depth, I feel like, as it relates to sides to combat L.A. to come out of the West. So let's go East. New York City has been a team, right? Could they start building around him? We could see Russell Westbrook be here on Madison Ave. But I'll give you an interesting one, which just came to mind. The Miami Heat. Mm. Goran Dragic hurt okay he was a free agent not sure they're going to pay him that kind of big money you have bam out of bayou you have jimmy brutler if, if there's like a roughneck style and approach that they would like to have when you think about how pat riley looks at their team how eric spolstra coaches their team obviously you know you're dealing with a player who's used to dominating the ball but you're surrounding him with shooters it could take the load off of jimmy butler a little bit to create that's what we saw miami struggle with down the stretch that could be a really interesting play to see if they make a move for a guy like Russell Westbrook. What Milwaukee know? It, it it could potentially work with Milwaukee. I mean, but I feel like once again you have a player similar to LeBron that attracts so much. You need shooting around Giannis, but he could be that player that kind of can bridge the gap between Giannis and and Chris Middleton to a degree. But let me ask you this: But then, it, what do you have to give up for something like that in return? Is the question if you're Milwaukee. I don't know. Whatever they got, I guess. <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> no, I, I mean, we're going through hypothetical trade scenarios, it, so would, I get it. Would a guy like Westbrook have to be with a, a veteran-type coach, though? Like, just to, to know, that, what, that's to why, do, that's know why, what to do with him? That's why I go to Eric Spolster, right? And I've been saying this because Espo had to manage the personalities of LeBron James, D. Wade, Chris Bosh all together. Now, everybody likes to debase him by saying, well, I could win a championship with LeBron James. But managing those personalities in order yeah. to do that yeah. is challenging. That's damn challenging. So there's one person that maybe has the persona to to blend, to mold in with Russell Westbrook, depending upon what assets they would have to give up, future picks, things of that sort. Miami could be a really interesting play in the Eastern See, Conference. that's what's so crazy about basketball to me is when you're in a situation from a – asset, money standpoint, unlike in football. If a football player goes to a general manager and a coach and he says, you know what, man, this ain't working. I don't want to be here. They'll figure out how to move you and take whatever they can get. In basketball, it's always, I go to you and I say, I want to get out of here. It's, well, we got to find the right fit, the money, the this, the that. We got to make it match. It's not as easy moving people as it is in football. Mm. It's, it's the craziest thing I've ever seen. If, if, if Harden and Westbrook tell Houston, they don't want to be here. Okay, then y'all should. Well, the only problem is that for, for James Harden, Key, you're going to get a lot in return. People will give up the bank. Yeah, but if a player don't want to be there, why would you want him there? I know, but where you get, if you don't get the same return on in the market for Russell Westbrook, I don't think the trade value is as high as it used to be. But, so that's my thing. What are you going to do? But if, he don't wanna, but if he doesn't want to play for you, 
Why would you force that on a coach and that stress on a young coach to get a guy that doesn't want to play for you? I hear you, but I mean, you may not, you may not have any other choice. You may not have no other choice. If you can't get assets in return, no, you're I, not going to let an asset like that just go. No, Even I understand Even if he isn't that. happy. But you'd rather deal with an unhappy dude walking through the locker room every single day. I, 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 think, I then think the bigger story will start to speak for itself. If I'm mm-hmm. a GM, if I can't get what, I'm, what I want in return for Russell Westbrook, and I say, look, we want to make it work for you for one year. Let's, let's find a way for one year. Let's figure a way to make it work. If Russ doesn't buy into that, Inevitably, that becomes the reputation of Russell Westbrook to a degree. I mean, we think about what basketball C- is so different. Think about man. what helped CP3 though. CP3 got traded from Houston. He then goes to OKC. Like, think about how the narrative flipped for him because he he was like, you know what? This is a crappy situation. I was so close to winning a but championship. But he made the best of it. That's what I'm saying. So if you don't make the best of it, then that speaks volumes about your character, and that speaks for yourself and the trade market value. For other teams to have moving forward, like, do I really want a guy like that? If he doesn't want to be here, then he could be a cancer to my team. That That's that's the level that you have to play. But, it, but, but already by saying they want to move, isn't that already telling the organization and other teams that Westbrook and Harden doesn't want to be there? I yes. mean, we're reporting they don't want to be there. Yes. So if you're going to move them, you move them, but let's say you don't get anything, that's the same thing as you're saying. Now all of a sudden I got to go back here and buy into something that I've already told y'all I don't want to be here. I, You know, if I were a GM of a team and I had Keyshawn Johnson on my team and Keyshawn said, I don't want to be here, I'd be like, okay, I want to work with you and your agent to see where else I can get you to go. Now, if I come to you, I say, I don't feel like I'm getting any return on what your trade market value has. We're going to have to figure this out. Man, ain't nothing to figure out. I don't want to be here. Okay. <laughs> then let that be. That's going to be on your reputation. I don't care about no reputation. Because you ain't scaring me. Well, we, this will turn into a media <laughs> battle. And I'll tell you, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, we're here for that media battle to continue to discuss it if that happens. No question. Quick NBA calendar for you. The draft two days away. Jay will be center stage on that. Then what a bad two suit. Days after that. He'll have <laughs> some fresh, fine though. threads on. Two days after that, free agency will start December 22nd, the start of the regular season. We'll see where Harden and Westbrook are. On those dates, quick NFL news. Teddy Bridgewater, good news from his MRI. No structural damage, according to Chris Mortensen. Oh! And coming off that tough loss to the Bucks yesterday, doing? our poll it's question. Monday. The one quarterback in the NFC you don't want to face in the playoffs. Oh, we need our the runaway winner, Aaron Rodgers. We'll see you tomorrow. Attack your week. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio.